From Glitch HQ on Riverside Avenue in Dateline, Minneapolis, this is Nice Games Club, the show where nice game devs talk gaming and game development. I'm Martha McGarry, and I make nice games. I'm Stephen McGregor, and I make nice games. And I'm Martha Croy, I too make nice games. In this episode, your nice hosts bring to you a nice games bulletin. We discuss the latest news from the broader world of video games, or at least as latest as we are able. And so, if everyone's ready, let's start. This is a special Nice Games Bulletin. This is good. Now I don't need to find that sound effect. (laughs) (laughs) So we're doing something new. Stephen, why don't you explain it to our listeners? Yes. uh, We are bringing you the news, the latest happenings in video games. As of today. As of today being our time, not your time, which is like two weeks or whatever calendar math, you know. Mm um, so, you know, these are just like cool things we found um, on the internet or what have you that we really wanted to bring up and talk about. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're a game dev show, but we also talk a lot about what's happening in gaming. Yeah. But we've never really devoted an episode to doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we got some stuff to say about news, and a lot of times it just blows past us. Yeah. But um, we're going to do one of these episodes like roughly once a month, maybe a little more, maybe a little less. And we'll talk about the things in the last couple of weeks. So even though we're not going to be up to the minute timely, uh, that's not really what we're trying to do here. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Steven, get us started. Yes. Uh, let's start with the new releases. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the releases that came out in, within the past couple of weeks or so. Um, actually, yeah. I think some of these are supposed to come out next week, our time, but they're already out your time. <laughs> 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 yeah, just a, a couple of notables from January and February yes. uh, that we uh, wanted and maybe have more than a sentence to say about. Right, exactly. Um, so these aren't in any order, but uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 finally came out. Uh, I, I don't play Kingdom Hearts. I'm sure it's good, <laughs> probably. It's yes. very, very confusing. I've watched several like other outlets talk about like the plot. Yeah. And it required, in the video I was watching, string and time loops <laughs> and... Oh possession oh. and okay yeah. yep it's very confusing yeah <laughs> plus mickey mouse and goofy <laughs> i'm sure people what? who love kingdom hearts are like tired of people going oh kingdom hearts yeah but like oh, kingdom hearts <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i think it, it's worth mentioning just because it's such a it's a long-running series mm-hmm. the last numbered title you know and then there's we can get into that yeah uh was like 10, 12, 15 years ago? Right, long, long, was, long time ago. Yeah, a long time ago. And I read these great stories about people saying, like, I bought a PS3 in anticipation of Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, no. <laughs> like, oh. back in 2008 or whatever. Goodness. And I'm just like, oh, that's hilarious. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Dang. <laughs> well, it's out now. Get it yeah. on your PS4. But also, it's like, it's three in number only because it's like the 17th game or whatever. And uh-huh. all of the little spinoffs were like big games. Some were smaller. Yeah. But well, they were all, they all were a chapter in that story. Some of them, yeah. Literally all of them are relative, relevant to the plot, yep. which is really obnoxious because like there's mobile games. There's ones on the PlayStation Vita. So good mm-hmm. luck with those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like PSP ones. And yeah, that's just, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I, I think one of if I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan, I'm just role playing now. Yep. Uh, <laughs> like I, I'm kind of into the idea that it's a little bit of a little a little hard to sort of like it's a little dark. Like the 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 normies don't understand. Sure. There's something okay. kind of appealing about like the numbering system, like having that, like you know what I mean. It's like oh, it's not quite secret knowledge, but yeah. like it takes it's sort of um. It's like a club membership. If someone knows which one came after which, you guys are friends now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I, do you guys, is there any game titles or entertainment things or anything that you feel that way about? 
Uh, huh. Oh, I guess I kind of feel like okay, a little bit about fighting games. Yeah? Yeah, because they're like terms and stuff. And when people bring them up, I'm like, oh, I like you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I feel that a little bit. Mm-hmm. I can respect it. Yeah. When anyone brings up a humongous game, yeah. it's like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> like Phil from the from the game jam, uh, who did the art for the environment for our game. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, oh yeah, Pajama Sam. I'm like, right? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel that way a little bit about um, the Mist series, sure, um, yeah. Yeah. Uru specifically, because it's, it was le- everyone played Mist mm-hmm. and most people played Riven, but not everyone played Uru. And that's where a lot of the lore from the series sort of got fleshed out. And so when people know a little bit about that, I feel like I'm, we're, you know, we have something in common. Sure. But also anyone who knows how a warp drive works, like I'm like, <laughs> you're my pal now. So, so like I, so I have some sympathy for the Kingdom Hearts super fans because yeah. like nonsense trivia still has some value. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You invested a lot into this thing. And so like it's nice to see it reciprocated, I guess, from other people. Right. It, it has more um, uh, a value to your life than just like how good the story is, which I hear is not great. So, <laughs> <laughs> for even from the diehard fans they are like, yeah, this is dumb. But I've I, I sentenced myself to a lifetime of this back yep. in 2002 or whatever. Yeah. And here I am and I'm having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, next game. Uh, Apex Legends came out recently. Yeah, from where we're sitting, that dropped just a few days ago, and it, it was seems. like we announced it, and then it, like it released it the next day or something. Yeah, yeah pretty much. <laughs> um, it was something else. Have y'all played it yet? Uh, Not yet. No, it's a battle royale game, and it's based in the Titanfall universe. Although I suppose you don't. Doesn't matter if you've played any of those games. Yeah. So it's not really my jam. Yeah. But um, I did hear that it was the reason they may have surprised announced it is so that Fortnite couldn't copy its features. Oh. Because oh. it, it's, it's a battle royale game. That's a very, I mean, it's very highly fraught yeah. uh, genre right now. Yeah. Basically, people are looking to become, Fortnite is the League of Legends. And people are like, yeah. who's going to be the Dota, right? Because yeah. PUBG is popular still. But I think its audience has plateaued. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's for certain, but it I feels that way. I think it's declining at this point. Oh, yeah? I think so. Well, I, I mean, a, a Achievement Hunter guys just did a whole big, huge playthrough yeah. of it. Or like they were trying to get good in right. it, <laughs> which I don't think they were successful at. But. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> anyone who's left is like super good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Like each of these games, they they almost just as a matter of like, so they don't embarrass themselves. They have to come up with something that's different about them. Yeah, like I think just to go home at night, like <laughs> right, <laughs> yep. Um, just so they don't feel like they're like just ripping off something. And um and I th- the, what's unique about this one is it's uh you you have a squad of three right. It's not a sing- there's no I don't think there even is a single player mode, um and that's kind that's a cool thing that might make me a little bit more interested in doing a battle royale is like yeah. going with the with two so, pals. So I I have played it. Yeah. I'm terrible at shooters, and I've played Fortnite like three times. Okay. Um, I I didn't do well. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I mean I personally didn't like it very much because like I said I don't really like shooters. Um and uh, or battle royales mm-hmm. and I really honestly I felt like when I was running into people I just knew I was gonna die at that point because I I'm not gonna beat him in a firefight yeah uh but it was kind of was ex- that attitude just a way to make yourself not be upset when you lost just by going just by this fatalist attitude no I tried yeah don't say I didn't try okay. <laughs> I definitely tried I just got wrecked <laughs> so, I'll, I'll own up to that okay um, <laughs> um but like it was kind of exciting like running around and like well, I, when I was playing it, I was like hiding from people because I didn't want to get killed. <laughs> but that was kind of exciting. I played it with my brother and Ava, um, mm-hmm. and like 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, my brother actually plays shooters, and he knew what he was doing, but he was kind of carrying me and Ava along yeah. with him, <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. But, um, but like, I, I mean, I had a good time with it, but I don't think I would play with it, play it a bunch because it's it's just not my kind of game. But yeah. I just heard a lot of a lot of people feel like um, that the twist on the battle royale genre is enough where like they really enjoy the game a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a cool. Th- funny tweet from um, Anthony Birch mm-hmm. who wrote uh, shout out to Apex Legends for having a straight up fantastic gender ratio for playable characters two women two men a robot and a non-binary person and then someone replied so two non-binary and then another person replied just one the robot also functions on binary <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which was pretty great Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny yeah <laughs> that's still too few robots for me but it's alright <laughs> Um, God Eater Three came out, which is what is that? Basically, Monster Hunter. Okay, but like I think it's Capcom. No, not Capcom. That's that's Monster Hunter. It's uh Namco Bandai or something. Uh-huh. I don't know. Somebody else makes it. <laughs> so yeah, Monster Hunter is is a a force. It's a huge franchise. Right. Uh, are there a lot of copycats? Uh, there are more of them now. Uh, okay. There's a. I'm pretty sure there's. That's a, not maybe not a generous way to describe this game. I've never heard of, but <laughs> it's basically that. Though. Yeah. It's, it's 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 very much Monster Hunter, but like uh, other developers made it, so like there's different twists to them and stuff. Uh, That's a really great. But other developers made it. <laughs> yeah. Start using that. <laughs> Speaking of games like that, uh, Wargroove is mm-hmm. out, uh, which is uh, Advanced Wars, but like the spiritual successor to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, Joining nice. the list of spiritual successors? Yes. <laughs> I liked Advanced Wars, but the, 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 because the art was so cool. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I like tactical like games anyway, like yeah. turn-based tactical games. But uh, the, like the first couple missions were like, oh great, this is really fun. And then the difficulty ramped up so quickly that I oh. couldn't beat it. So maybe I'll look into this Wargroove game. Advance Wars is interesting because it was named that because it was on the Game Boy Advance, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which is a very Nintendo thing to do. Yes, it is. Um, and then that might also be why there was it never had follow-ups, weirdly. Even though Nintendo is not against uh, having references to its previous consoles in the names of the games it's on putting on current consoles, as we'll yeah. see later in this list. But, um, <laughs> um, but they did do a spiritual successor, uh, codename Steam. Oh, remember that a couple years ago? It was a 3DS that, yeah. game. It was panned critically. Really? And I think that kind of just put the, like everyone was like, oh, it's like a, finally an Advance Wars like follow up. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't do well. And I think Nintendo was like, all right, we'll just let that sit and let, let other people take it yeah. as a genre. Huh. Sort of interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that it was a that was an Advance Wars game. Well, I mean, it wasn't, it's not in the franchise. It's just, yeah. it was Nintendo making another game like that. Right, right. And so right. it was very. You know, I think even in interviewers, the developers were saying, yeah, we've taken the DNA from that or whatever. Sure. Um, that makes sense. But people just didn't like that game. Hmm. Um, Resident Evil 2 came out recently. Did you play the original? Uh, nope. Martha? Yeah, me neither. It's a horror game. So that, that all yeah, three of us. <laughs> yeah. One day we'll do a special on uh, horror episodes. Don't say that. And then we it'll just have, be nothing. We won't we talk should about have, <laughs> No, we should have like Katie on or someone who is yeah. like really into horror yeah. games. Yeah. We can, uh, Katie can just be a guest of Evil Games Club. Yes. We don't have to be involved then at all. we don't have to talk about it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Evil Games um, will do it for us. Spoiler though. Dylan hates horror too. So. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Yeah, I don't care. (laughs) I just don't want to be there. (laughs) Um, Sphinx and the Cursed Mummy came out on the Switch. What's that? It's a game that was on the PS2. um, (laughs) And I played it a bunch. I don't think I beat it because it's like a weird... 
it's kind of like an empty world thing. But I don't, I like it a lot, and I think I have nostalgia for it, so I'm going to purchase it, even though I guess I didn't beat it. Maybe I'll beat it this time. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to bring that up because I thought it was cool that it came out again. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Um, New Super Mario Bros. U came out on Switch very recently. New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe, Deluxe is the name, which is ah, that's a that's an old wait. Game Boy Advance <laughs> uh, naming convention as well. Uh, call something Deluxe. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it's it's really funny that they just didn't call it something else. But because it was it was a Wii U launch title, mm-hmm. I stood in line for it in 2012. because oh. uh, I had, I got a Wii U at launch. Oh yeah, and I loved it. I love that game, and mm-hmm. it was the first Mario launch title since Mario 64. Oh um, yeah, interestingly, but nobody treated it that way because it's a 2D Mario. Right, <laughs> right. For some reason, those don't count anymore. I guess. Um, I'm not. I'm salty about it because I love that game, mm-hmm. and but a lot of people didn't, and nobody bought a Wii U. So, um, but it also had the expansion, a uh, new Super Luigi U, right, which might be the best Mario game ever made. Mm. Um, Is like, that just because it has Luigi in it? I mean, that's part of that why. <laughs> that certainly helps. But no, it uh, it's it's a great it's a distillation of a 2D Mario format. So all the Luigi levels are really really short. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as the level starts, you get it's a hundred seconds. Yeah. And so it's it's funny because like there is the theme song for each uh, thing, and if you get like a time like a, a clock time thing that adds like ten seconds to your thing, it'll go back to the normal speed. But as soon as you start the level, it uh, does the fast version, oh. which is really clever. Yeah. And so um, you're time crunched, which is not something I'm usually into in games. But um, you have to uh, figure out this level very quickly, navigate it, beat it. Mm-hmm. Then you play it again to get the three big stars, and, or the star coins or whatever. Yeah. And it, it becomes a puzzle game in a way that the best Mario levels are. We have mm-hmm. to sort of figure it out. But, you have, but it adds that precision level because the platforming itself is not super, super hard. Sure. But you, every second counts. Right. So it's a precision platform by another metric. And it's, a, it's, it's amazing. And it, it's, it makes... Like Mario isn't really doesn't isn't conducive to making it like into a Mega Man, yeah. right? But th- they found a way to make it work where yeah. it, it becomes really, really like a game where you do have to get good. Huh. Um, but it doesn't. But it still plays exactly like Mario, although you skid a little and jump a little higher because yeah. you're Luigi, right? <laughs> as you should. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think for that reason alone, this is a purchase on Switch. Okay. Um, and I, I haven't played it yet, so I haven't had a single time for any video games. If I had a time in the last couple of weeks. If I had time for any video games, I'd be I'd be buying this again. So I, I, by the time you hear this, I, I may have uh, picked up my copy. Um, He's probably beat it right now. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, Bury me, my love. I don't know what that is, but it's out on the Switch. Okay, so the story is: you play a Syrian refugee, Noor, mm-hmm. and her husband, Majid. It's a text message adventure game. So she texts you, and you have to. Choose what you text back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, and through your choices, she makes other choices, or sometimes she doesn't listen to you and does the opposite thing instead. Um, As humans do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I haven't played it, but I have been meaning to. Yeah, I, it's, it definitely. I think it's on a lot of people's get around to it lists because it's so critically acclaimed and because narratively it's, it's timely. And it, it, it seems really sad, I'm though. I'm really I scared. Have, I haven't heard of this game at all. Yeah, yeah. I just like literally have not heard of it. Well, it's not a fighting game, so. Well, that's true. But <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean, I, I'm always interested in like how people approach games narratively. So yeah, I, I think actually you would, uh, not knowing, having not played it myself, it seems like in the 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 research I know you like to do f- mm-hmm. when you play certain games. I think this could fit in that real nicely for you. I think yeah. you like it for that reason. Yeah. Um, even though I know you're not super into like adventure games it's true um but yeah i, I think i uh, i've been meaning to play it too and then yeah. it's on switch now switch makes everything easier to play it's true <laughs> so 
Apparently, in the mobile version, she would text you in real time. So it would be like, uh, you'd get oh, a text okay, from her, okay. and it would be like, oh, no, like this thing is happening right now, quote, unquote. Oh, okay. So, and that was, yeah, I'm sort of now vaguely remembering that was a lot of the early buzz was it was, me- it was mechanically interesting in yeah. that way. Oh, interesting. Okay. Which so maybe I'd, the mobile version is still the one to get. It might be. So check that out. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. What's nice about like these little games that uh, get a lot of, you know, they get a lot of buzz is that they, they're more likely to come to consoles now than they used to be. Yeah. Um, because we all cross-platform tools and how publishing on consoles is a lot easier than it's ever been. Mm-hmm. And so these things that get a little audience uh, can now actually have a life and maybe even commercial success. Yeah. That just didn't used to be true. And that's fantastic. Yes, definitely. Yeah, because I heard of it now, I might buy it on my phone. Yeah. Even though the, so it like can help sales on previous platforms that you've released it on. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's, I'm going to get Sphinx the Cursed Mummy on. These <laughs> <laughs> two again. That's the takeaway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Walking Dead, final, the final season, episode three came out recently. Yeah, and I guess the fourth will come out soon yes. or whatever, but that's news because it that was not going to happen. Right, and now it is, which mm-hmm. is good. Sort of. But also sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, pick a picks pieces. Martha, you said you played this a lot? Yeah, I've been playing this obsessively for the past month. Uh, it came out early January, and it's a pick-cross game, and you just do pick, like, you have to pick squares based on probability, or like, it's like Minesweeper, so it tells you how many, uh, you guys have played Picross games, yeah, right? Yeah, I, I love Picross. Okay. <laughs> uh, describing like Minesweeper is actually a pretty good way if someone knows nothing about it. That's a great example. Yeah. 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 So basically, there's like like there's four blue ones in this row and five red ones in this row, and you have to figure out which one is which. Mm-hmm. Um, and this particular one makes pictures of different with different colors in them, and you uh, get to like it's broken up into different squares. So you, once you fill in all the squares, it will show this one big picture. And what I really like about it is one that you can just play it casually while you're watching something. And two, that has the best soundtrack ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I get it stuck in my head and it's just so happy and it makes me feel good. So cool. Highly recommend. It's just a pick cross game, but it's a pretty good one. Mm hmm. Uh, Martha, whichever one of those edits this episode is going to have to throw that in a little bit. Do, do, or do, you can just do, hum do, along. Do, it's great, too. That was off key. <laughs> <laughs> I need to warm up before I sing. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, Bunch crack- of big games are coming out at the end of this month. Yeah. Right? Or yes. some will be already out. Yeah. At this maybe. Point. Crackdown 3 is coming out, which I'm hyped for, and I didn't know it was coming out because I liked the first one, sort of, and the second one, sort of. Mm-hmm. But like it's basically you're a cop, but you also blow things up, I guess, which <laughs> probably not narratively good, but it's still fun. So yeah. I I like the games. Right. Yes. The first one is free on Xbox. I believe it is. Then for a little while it's a promotion. Um, yes. I don't know. It was on the original Xbox or Xbox 360. It was on the 360. I okay. Think. No. It's not that old a franchise. It might be on Xbox. I don't remember now when I was playing it. But yeah, this new one has Terry Crews in it. So yeah. Like, I'm, Doubly interesting. That's kind of the only reason I'm interested. Because I've seen the commercials yeah. done. Like, this game has been delayed. Like, it was it, a, it was announced as, as a launch title for the Xbox One. Right. Maybe not as a launch title, launch window or yeah. something, and mm-hmm. then just got pushed and pushed and pushed. And Terry Crews has been attached to it for so long and has done commercials that have been, like, part of E3 and, yeah. like, little promo clips that have been airing. Like, so it's not even part of the normal games. So we've just been hearing about this game forever. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'll, I'll be yelled at by Terry Crews for 20 hours. For real. I, I'm into that. <laughs> yes, please. 
But sounds good to me. Yeah. <laughs> Originally, the game was um, it was meant to show off um, a lot of the cloud processing technology Microsoft wanted to put in a lot of Xbox One games. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Microsoft has a huge server backend. The Azure platform is like hugely successful and very pretty good. And they wanted to say, well, let's put a bunch of games on it, and then yeah. they can do actual like uh, um, uh, a gameplay world processing. As, and then the Xbox One itself, relatively powerful, can be a thin client, and it would be amazing. And the truth is, it's really hard to make a game like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, to actually have that set up, even for a first-party studio. And so I think they pulled a lot of that out and for the final game. Oh, uh, And yeah. just made it a, just a regular sequel. But that was going to be the destructibility, the, all the physics and stuff was going to be, like, cloud-processed. Right. Um, but I don't, I, re- I don't think any of that is in the game file. Well, I guess we'll find out when the game comes out. Yeah. I mean, you... I, I believe you can also play this on PC because I don't have an Xbox One. So yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to that because mm-hmm. I got a, a beast of a PC. Now. Yeah, I think all Microsoft, Microsoft's committed to make all their first party titles PC also. Yeah, I think. yeah. which is real sweet. Mm-hmm. And is, uh, is it Microsoft Game Studios that makes it? Or I believe so. It's not some other uh, I believe studio? it is the Game Studios. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. they also changed their name. That's news. They oh. changed their name from Microsoft Game Studios to Xbox Game Studios. Cool. <laughs> I think they wanted to make it clear that like we make Xbox games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the, the, uh, even though they make PC games, but those are all like Xbox Live. Yeah. Microsoft's expanding the definition of what Xbox Live means, and sure. that's also news. But um, that's sort of a little. I don't know. It's, it's mildly interesting. Yeah. Cool. Um, Anthem is coming out, which is the uh, what is that? Bioware's Bioware. answer to Destiny. Yes. It's in third person, so I'm more interested as a result. But yeah. otherwise, uh... Martha, you got to play that and tell us because you 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 play Destiny. It's true. Yeah, wasn't there a there was a um a demo of it, but I missed it. Right, mm. I heard it didn't go great because there's a lot of a lot uh, of bugs. Yeah, a lot of bugs. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> it is. I think amazing. there's a game informer article that we'll link uh, mm. talking about like all the different things that are gonna change from the demo to sure. the to the full release. Yeah, it's kind of interesting to read what they were we were talking about because it was very conversational, like. Yeah, uh, well, we didn't have this uh, bug in, or like we didn't have this bug fix in because like the developers came to me and said they had fixed it, but it was way too like close to the demo, so we didn't want to like put this in. And yeah. it's like, oh yeah. yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> no, no, that's, that's clever. Yeah, I, I definitely you know like trying to fix game bugs like before a demo thing can cause way more bugs. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's probably for the best. Ninety nine bugs. In the code, 99 <laughs> bugs in the code. Take one down, patch it around, 117 bugs in the code. <laughs> I'm kind of just, I, I, I really thought I would get into Anthem as getting closer to release. Yeah. But like, I've learned nothing about its world. All I know is that there are four different kinds of mechs. And there are mechs? That's the whole, uh, it's all, it's all oh. concept, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know anything about it, clearly. And, the, and, the, and that's it. That's all I learned in yeah. the last year about this game. Uh, because I had, and I was like, oh, but I was really hoping for like another Mass Effect. And yeah. they promised like, it's Bioware, it's going to be a big sprawling universe. And yeah. maybe that's true, but I've got no actual hint of it. That's true, yeah. And because I'm not super interested in a, in a live game like Destiny, mm-hmm. but I will play one if it has other things I like. And then maybe that will come to, anyway. Um, I just like nah, it just hasn't caught me. Yeah, they haven't even brought up narrative stuff. So yeah, I yeah I don't. Well, know. the truth is, I think a lot of the players who uh, a lot of times these types of games um, mold around the community that forms. Yeah, and so it's probably best for the game to just become Destiny. And what Destiny did was like Destiny became more gameplay focused, less narrative focused, and then there's been a push and pull. Yeah, but like I think um, that's probably best for the success of the game, but not if not for the success of me playing this game. Yeah, <laughs> so fair enough. Yeah. Well, um, I'll check it out. 
Yes. And I'll report back in the next bulletin. Sounds good. <laughs> Martha on the street. <laughs> <laughs> um, Far Cry New Dawn will also be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's a, I guess a, a direct sequel to the fifth one. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a full-on game or if it's more spin-off-y. Mm. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. Because uh, it was like what the Blood Dragon was another one of these. And that was Far this... Cry Primal was another one. That's yeah, like that. that was sold as a full... I don't think they... Actually, they may not have charged full price for that. Oh. But it was sold as its own little property. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, but like... Uh, so I don't really know. Yeah. Um, but it is a direct sequel uh, like spin-offs in this series tend to be. Yeah. And you can customize your character apparently, which is a new thing. Right. Uh, I guess normally that your 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 protagonist usually is directly part of the story. Hello, protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> but in this one, you're like the survivor of a train crash, so you could be, and it lets you decide who you are. And then the story is this, so it's not a unique backstory. Yeah, uh, which is kind of an interesting way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason I that I wanted to put this on the list, and I'm not that interested in this game. I don't like a lot of Ubisoft games that are on Assassin's Creed, and I barely like those these days. <laughs> um, <laughs> is uh, because it's an interesting uh, narrative arc for for this this little uh, right. world they built. Uh, Far Cry Five, it w- uh, r- sort of tried, and I think very. I think the reviews were kind, but but fair in their assessment of how well it did this. Mm. But it was meant to uh, address like the uh, like um, uh, white supremacy and racism, and the the sort of this insular cult uh, kind of uh, cultures that can form. Yeah. Um. It, um. And uh, I don't know that the game was like eh, they sort of tipped it, but it wasn't great. But I don't know, triple A game. Mm. But um, uh, spoilers, if you want to skip ahead a couple seconds for anyone who doesn't want to hear the end of this game, mm-hmm. but at the end of the game, there's like, a, like nukes go off and destroy the world. Um, and so, which is kind of a nice surprise for a game that's set contemporaneously and you didn't, don't expect that the way you would from another, like a Fallout or something. Yeah. And so, um, anyway, that's one of the, I guess, one of the endings of the game. And so this is a sequel that's a follow-up to that like eight, 20 years later or something. And um, the, the sort of the... Um, the enemies, the villains in this game are a direct result of the villains from the previous game. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a pair of uh, uh, um, African-American women who are just like out there to destroy the remnants of that old uh, uh, I don't get how they're the bad guys, though. That sounds like a perfectly fine thing to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, see that, and that's exactly the point, right? Is yeah. like to say, like it's 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 about it that, that they get their comeuppance, and mm-hmm. so the question is, is like. What does the story then say about that? Like, right. you know, how, where, what direction does it go? Is it going to be, you know, be a little wishy-washy like sometimes that series is? Mm-hmm. Or is it, according to at least what the impressions I got from the trailer, that it's really going to actually take a stand about it? And like a lot of people, you know, a lot of regressive uh, uh, neckbeard Gamergate types um, got really upset with the, the announce of it. So you kind of like, well, that's good, right? <laughs> um, yeah. um, but who knows? They may, it might not follow through, and it is just going to be an Ubisoft game. So like, how 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 you know? Nuanced. Don't put a lot be. of faith in it, I guess. <laughs> right, but like, yeah. it's kind of cool. It's cool that they that Ubisoft might be the only big AAA publisher, and they've done this with other games in their series too. Uh, other series, they actually are willing to take actually use this uh, form as narrative art. Yeah. And like, it, you know, I, I don't want to give them too much credit, but like way more than Activision or EA ever does with these things. They're making an effort. Like the other big publishers will like bend over backwards to tell you like, like, oh, I know that there's like an evil government in this, but like we're not saying anything political. Right. Please, <laughs> everyone buy our game. Yeah. <laughs> and Ubisoft is not that far off from it, but much further than you'd ever, ex- than they, they really would have to to sell as many copies of games as they do. Mm-hmm. So like you give them some credit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 
Yes, I look forward to reading a lot of articles about this game. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I will not be playing. Ultimately, that's that's me too. I yeah. just, I'm, I'm 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 curious about like you know. You want to see what the takes games. are? Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. And they they form gaming culture, and I think it's important that it isn't just because the more like just bland Call of Duties we get, the more acceptable it is for someone who's into games to say that oh we don't really we don't say anything in this medium. Mm-hmm. And so when something does say something, it's really easy to say, well wait, we don't say things in this medium. Yeah. And I think that the more games we have that say something even a little bit, it can change the impression of the whole industry and the people who play these games. Yep. And then they can decide like just like with movies, like this movie says something, it's not for me or maybe I liked the movie but don't like what it said, but I can still like the movie. Mm-hmm. I think that if games gamers can have a more mature relationship with the medium if we just have a couple of these examples, it yeah. doesn't have to be everything, right? But a little bit of it, I think, can go a long way. Yeah. As the medium ages, this is, right. this is just the natural order of things. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, Metro Exodus is coming out. That yeah. Is the last thing on the list. And that's our first news item, so we can get right into yeah. it. Yeah. Yes. Uh, right. So, Metro Exodus came out. Uh, I guess it isn't out now, but it will be out soon. 15th? You could pre-order it, though, which is where the controversy is right. happening. You could pre-order it on Steam, but then uh, Metro Exodus is now only exclusively being sold on the Epic Store? On PC. On PC, yes. I guess you can get it on consoles, but mm-hmm. you already made your bet at that point. I do like the, the, <laughs> the idea of exclusivity on PC yeah. is really funny because like Steam, none of these stores, no one has ever demanded that these games not be on console. As if it's like a totally different universe. Right. I always found that sort of interesting. Yeah. But also, a lot of console exclusive games are also on PC, and the console makers are like, "That's who cares." Yeah. Like, <laughs> I yeah. just find that weird. It is really weird. Anyway, it's very strange. Um. But yeah, yeah. there was a lot of backlash about it because you know people pre-ordered it on Steam, and then they found out that like, I guess uh, like other people pre-ordered it on. I'm not exactly sure on the details because I, from how I understand it, if you pre-ordered it on Steam, you can still play it on Steam. Yeah, I, I I know the details of this. Okay. So um, the game had a pretty lengthy pre-order period, like any AAA game. Also, it's been delayed a couple of times, so that wow. might have been you know. I mean, delayed like a normal amount, not like a huge sure. amount. Sure. Um, but what happened was when the, when they announced the exclusivity, um, they made they sent an email to everybody and said your your pre-order will still be honored. You can still buy DLC from your copy, mm-hmm. so it will be still available. Um, it, it it won't affect you, but other people who want to buy the game starting now have to go to Epic's Game Store. Now, truthfully, I'm sure Epic, when they when they went to the developer, said, "Hey, can you just cancel all those pre-orders, <laughs> or like give them maybe a discount for on our store that will maybe help fund or whatever?" Yeah. And I think it's it is to their credit, they're just like you know, listen, we already have a bunch of pre-orders. Let's make this as smooth as possible. Mm-hmm. But ironically, that that state of affairs is what got people upset because it felt sort of weird and cagey. Yeah. Like that, like like that you can. If you already bought the game, you could still get it, but nobody else can have it. And so it's very plainly not a technical issue, mm-hmm. right? Very plainly, it's not like a, oh, we're going to be exclusive with them because like they're helping us out with like, d- you know, development and getting it all set up and right. whatever. And that's usually the excuse people use for exclusivity. Yeah. Um, it's usually more true in the console space when there actually are real proper technical difficulties or differences. Right. But, um, on, on, but it was very obvious that this was just purely a decision where Epic was like, here, some, here's some money. Here's some money. <laughs> yeah. Like, can you just sell on our store to help our store? Because it's going to mean less sales for them. Yeah. It's just going to, right? Yeah. And, so, and so it would make sense. And so it all, it all seems fine. Like, as much as we might decry the sort of the changing hands of it, like, what's the, who's getting hurt in that scenario? Yeah. Um, but because they allowed those pre-orders to keep going, it feels weird and 
icky almost yeah. even it almost feels worse even though it is better mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people on the internet were very like you know complaining about epic and the but my the problem i have with this and you i want to hear what you guys think sure. is steam through a hissy fit or oh, valve, yeah. valve just yeah. they were they're just like you know, this is the terrible. It's unfair to our customers, which is like who the people who pre-ordered it and will get a copy, or right. the, or the people who can't buy it anymore. Like anyone has the choice not to sell on your platform. Mm-hmm. Like, and then what they did was on. If you go to the, I think it's still there. Yes. If if you go to the Metro Exodus page on Steam, because it still has a Steam page, yeah. because there are pre-orders that are still you know. So if you own it, whatever. Um, Valve put an editorial comment on that developer's page, which says like, "This sucks." It's unfair. We wow. don't think it's right. Mm-hmm. They promised it, but you never know. Like, and I just feel like, man, Valve is the worst. I'm so mad at them about that. And I think that's gotten very little coverage, that, that element. I think the people know that it was reported that it was there. But people are not mad enough that Valve can just put on your store page like its own editorial thoughts right. on your business behavior. Yeah. Like, that is, that's offensive. I'm very upset about it. Yeah. Agreed. Cause like that's so that's so unprofessional of yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like that just they're wow. <laughs> right, and it doesn't even matter if they're right or not. Like yeah, right, yeah. yeah. Like they should if they're gonna if they're gonna say everyone gets to sell in our store, they can't go around being like, well, those people these people are these people suck. Right, and <laughs> yeah. if if, yeah. if they want to be comfortable with the gaming audience, letting them be a near monopoly, which is what they want, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's their they're being they're now facing pressure from other stores. And if they want to maintain their position, they can't go and abuse it like that. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's it's that IO. Yeah. <laughs> Shoot, maybe Epic Store. I don't know. Something else. Yeah. <laughs> so like a lot of this is very much the Coke versus Pepsi, PlayStation versus uh, you know uh, uh, Xbox arguments on the internet. Yeah. But there's no good guys here. Uh, like uh, and uh, Epic, I wouldn't even. I don't know if I would call them a bad guy, but like they did. They could have picked a different title, right? Yeah. <laughs> they could have picked one that wasn't had our, didn't already have a bunch of right, priorities. just to sort of not ruffle anybody's feathers if they're trying to. And a lot of their their press, like they did this thing with um, uh, the um, was it Improbable, this backend service that used Unity. No. We can, maybe we can talk about this in a future episode. But mm-hmm. like, um, uh, Epic is not they're not the good guys either. Like you know, <laughs> they yeah. they are uh, you know they're pulling every lever they can. Uh, to get the advantage it's it's a it's a it's a knife fight and i don't like i there's no there's no use in picking sides because it's it's like it's businessy and like i don't know it's weird it's that io yeah (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's the thing if you're a developer and and that offer is made to you like take oh yeah no you know what i mean of course i mean but you know i'm sure there were meetings where epic was like here's the projections on the sales that you will get Mm -hmm. because even if i even if i come out like a head on dollars if if my audience is reduced, which that could affect the future of the franchise, yeah. like or even just the press, uh, uh, the negative press of being exclusive somewhere, like that's a that was a hard decision for this company to make yeah. to go with Epic's deal, and so I'm sure they made a really good pitch for why it was worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but like uh, if 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 you get that pitch and it, you think that's best for your franchise, there you you are not the bad guy. No, do you know what I mean? Like this no. de- this developer is not the bad guy. Um, Epic, maybe a little bit. Valve, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, speaking of the Epic Store, uh, Axiom Verge crashed on the Epic Store when it came out. This is hilarious. Very recently, because uh, the developer Axiom Verge is famous for like there being only one developer who did all of the things on it, um, and that developer 
removed all of the things that said Steam on it. <laughs> they put it to the Epic Store. And one of the sound files was named Steam. <laughs> yeah. So it crashed as soon as you started it up because of that. <laughs> That's hilarious. And then and the developer was like, oh, whoops. <laughs> and there was also, the developer even just said like, oh yeah, because everyone's making fun. Like, oh, find and replace. How lazy of the dev. Yeah. And the dev was like, yeah, I just went and, and searched for files named Steam and deleted them. Yeah. So, sorry, guys. Yeah. Like, just very open about it. Like, oh yeah. And then patched it. It's fine now. Right, yeah. It's, it's a hilarious story, but also like, I think it hopefully it taught some gamers about empathy for these hardworking devs right, yeah. <laughs> who like have so many things to deal with. It's a simple mistake anyways. Yeah. <sighs> and ultimately it wasn't it was it was like um the the game the the like the steam hooks the APIs that you code in yeah. those had already been changed in the code. Yeah. It was the DLLs that are like the plugins and stuff that were just named steam that the developers thought I I probably shouldn't ship these these DLLs. Yeah, right. And so it was like, they won't be used anyway. So they're just adding to your gigabytes. Right. And they didn't want to distribute valve software on another store. Like it just was like, they could have, like there was no, Mm -hmm. nothing there. They, they, you know, wasn't gonna, they weren't getting in trouble for it. Yeah. But they were just like, I better like cross the T's on this and just make sure. And it ended up being a problem, like a little main little problem. Yeah. And so I, I, people, hopefully people are not being too cruel, uh, to this developer. Yeah. This is a mistake. We're all going to make these mistakes. Oh yeah. I, um, have, (laughs) Oh, we'll talk about it in an episode. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, yep. mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, in other news, um, Activision Blizzard uh, layoffs are possibly imminent. Probably imminent. Uh, I think it. I don't know exactly where this news story was like originally released, but I read it off of Kotaku, um, and it seems like like for a, maybe a couple of months now, a lot of employees have been uh, talking about layoffs coming up very soon yeah uh because uh, specifically layoffs to not the not non-developers like marketing teams and such like that mm-hmm. um because i guess maybe activision wants more influence in blizzard stuffs right these are going to be uh, at least the report the very little of the report i read yeah. was that um be uh blizzard staff in sales marketing where there are what you could maybe say are redundancies yeah uh, because blizzard has run itself as its own company for a long time but I think Activision, when they report profits, they roll it all together. Mm. Like I think there, there might be some disagreement between the the two sides as to what the company is. Yeah, it's called Activision Blizzard, but like most people don't know that. Right. Right. Yeah, I I always forget. <laughs> right. Right. Because when Activision bought them, it was such a big purchase and it represented a huge suddenly you know even though they had like at that time like a game like mm-hmm. World of Warcraft <laughs> right at yeah. that time. Um, and so the, the name of the company is Activision Blizzard because that's how important that acquisition was. Right. Um, but they maintain separate brands and, and I think Activision is finally like, it's been a decade we're going to roll them in finally. Mm-hmm. And I think and a lot of people can lose their jobs and I don't think they expected it as, yeah. uh, this which is a bummer. It really sucks. Mm-hmm. It's, this is why big acquisitions like that should be able to happen but that's me and my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> Triple A games in general scare me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, I'm thinking like there's a consolidation amongst like phone carriers, amongst movie studios, mm-hmm. industries that have just a few players. Yeah, and there's like demonstrated like harm to the markets when that happens. There's there's less competition. The, there's more pressure on uh, on on workers. There's yeah. um uh, less uh, a relief for consumers and less option and less innovation. It's all terrible. Mm-hmm. I wonder how true that is for big video game publishers because I'm trying to think like we don't have many left um, just like we don't have many of, of anything left mm. but like is it reaching that tipping point or not I'd be curious to see uh, um, a report like actually just to count like how many of these of these size there even are left 
like maybe half a dozen or fewer. Yeah. And how many were there 20 years ago? Mm. Exactly. Yeah. Like think about like, a, a company like Acclaim or like THQ right. uh, yeah. went, went out a couple years ago, but like they weren't even that big at the time. Mm-hmm. So really like even going back to the 90s, it was Activision and EA. And I don't know that it's, I don't know that it's that much worse now, but it certainly feels that way. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's a very good question. Mm, I don't know. So we'll do some research, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like homework, Mark. <laughs> um, uh, Nintendo reported recently that they have a very high number of women designers. Mm-hmm. Um, they did not s- specify what high number means. <laughs> it could mean it could mean two percent, and like everybody else has one percent, which is bad. Yeah, but like better. I guess <laughs> it was it was it wasn't like a report they released. It was, it was part of an interview or something where they oh, asked about it. Uh, I, I believe. Okay. And so it's not like they just went out and made a vague statement. Oh, and, yeah. and, and went back into their hidey hole. Yeah. Although that is totally Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, I think that's good though. It's just a good thing. Yeah, and it's good that they um, want to tout that. Right. They're proud of that. Yeah, and what you know how true it is is another matter. Right. But like the fact that that's something that they they care about or at least seem to care about. Yeah. I mean, Pikachu was originally designed by a woman. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, the, I know the in that in those quotes, I think they gave a couple of examples. But like the the head, the lead designer on Animal Crossing is a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was the only high profile one they could name. Yeah. Um, which is you know that's still a lot more than most <laughs> companies' portfolios. But yeah. uh, I don't know if that's good enough. Right. Still more work to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you know what's actually kind of interesting is there'll probably be pressure on Nintendo now. To release numbers. Yes, because they said something. They said something, <laughs> and it's like, great, they stepped in it. Good, mm-hmm. good. Yeah, I want to see those numbers. And I, I hope they don't, fi- you know, Nintendo doesn't like to open the curtain yeah. for lots of reasons. Yeah. I, th- I think this feels like something I hope there's an internal conversation, say like, this is one where we, we maybe, maybe we should take the, the torch on this. Sure. Yeah. I hope so. I hope it's not just a passing thing in an interview and we never hear about it again. Give me, give me those deets, Nintendo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the people want to know. <laughs> yeah. Um, Amazon's new world is announced. I, had, I hadn't heard about this. What until is that? You brought it up to me. So yeah, I, I, I shouldn't linger too long about it because I've read yeah. just one article about this. It's okay. on Polygon. Uh, it's a, it's a, I'm sure there's other impressions, but it was someone just an early impression of this. It's a, um, sort of persistent world kind of game where you play as a 17th century settler and you uh, the, the new world of the title is just this sort of unnamed Caribbean uh, island. Oh. And uh, you Hooray. land there and you make a home and you settle. Yeah. And then the idea is, is the game officially, there are no, no native population for you to displace, mm-hmm. but there's too many trappings of, the, of colonization. And the article that I read um, really got into that and how troubling and problematic that is yeah and um i i, I won't really even give the details we'll put the link in the show notes you should read it for yourself because i i basically this is just a recommended for this article it's really interesting and fascinating and another one of those things that we've talked about on the show before which is um you may not have intended a certain thing but every choice you make uh, is is meaningful yeah yep. and yep. uh and if you're not and if you don't think about those consequences well too bad you've made them you know mm-hmm. um and i think this is a really good example of that happening and i i I'm curious to see what happens with this thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Netflix just came out with the uh, show Russian Doll. And yeah, the main, came, the main character is a game developer. Yeah, which is neat. Uh huh. You guys have not seen this show? No, this show. but now I really, really want to because okay. <laughs> it's got um, uh, Natasha Leone. Yes, from Orange Is the New Black mm-hmm. fame, um, and she's the main character, and it's basically Groundhog's Day, but 
updated and cool yeah um, where she ends up dying over and over groundhog again day is cool what <laughs> groundhog day is cool it is cool <laughs> it's just updated and cool and oh it's, i see it's okay. hip this with is, the kids right. yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh no this is a really really fantastic show i binged it in a day and a half Ooh. and it's definitely designed for that like it's it's one a lot of those shows that you binge that are and netflix of course so they make these shows they know how people watch these things yeah um, some of them are like oh come on netflix you know i'm watching the next episode don't give me the recap don't yep. you know whatever whatever uh-huh. this epi- this series but this series is also not like the 10 hour movie which is i think ah, yeah that that description is coming under fire the episodes still are distinct but it knows you're watching them back to back so it's really well it's a, it's a great example of like uh creation to the form mm-hmm. um that's sort of beside the point but the the um the main character um this is not a spoiler but the main character dies very early on in the first episode then wakes up like earlier in the night and and just over and over every time she dies um, and she just can't help it. She will eventually die within a day or two mm-hmm. um, in a way that is very, art- seems very artificial. Like how- it doesn't seem natural, like, but it's not like a magical force killed her. It's that she just gets in these weird accidents. And so as the series goes on, she says like, why is this happening? Like as she even comes to terms with like, I'm just going to die soon, but like, I don't know why. And then, and yeah. it's, and she's trying to solve what the, why this is happening. Mm-hmm. And so there's a fun little sort of sci-fi plot to it, but it's more, I would describe it more as like magical realism in that she's trying to find out the rules of this thing. But what's great is because she is a game developer, um, she uses a little bit of that, that type of logic of like fixing a bug. Cool. And, uh, and, and there's a great, it's, I don't want to spoil a lot, but at the very, near the end of it, she really like puts that metaphor to it. And that ends up being like a big breakthrough oh. for how the thing works out. But the best thing about the show is that it, it's kind of dreamlike and the, 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 the rules make enough sense for you to like follow it, but they break it in really distinct ways. And, and there's, there's like loose threads that don't get followed up on, mm. but it's so well crafted and you don't, ex- it doesn't ever um, say that it's like it all hangs together. It's an amazing kind of storytelling. And the, um, I've described it as for, for Netflix series about game design uh, that stars a game designer. Yeah. This thing is ten times smarter than Bandersnatch, <laughs> and a thousand times more interactive. Hey. In the sense that with Bandersnatch, if you've played that, it's actually a choose your own adventure game on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I've been very critical of that. I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but like I think it's kind of garbage. Um, but uh, this is is much more interactive in the sense that like it really you you do a lot more thinking and processing and like. And, and interpretation whereas Bandersnatch is really just what you see is what you get it's like it, it thinks it's so clever but it's not mm-hmm. um, but this is a it's, and having come out so soon after that it's a great the, the, compare those two if you if you watch a lot of Netflix content um, I, I love it so much and so it's a hearty recommend yeah I will have to check it out for sure. mm-hmm. sounds, sounds cool yeah uh, yes wobbling and Smash Melee banned in some tournaments I, I know what wobbling is but I don't know what. You inter- See, I read this article and I was like, Steve's going to be all over this. No, I don't. <laughs> I didn't read the article. I don't know what this is. Did you read the article? I read the article. Well, you can talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's some tournaments in Tennessee that, that made a ruling on this. This it, So Melee is a game that's not changing. Yeah. Right? There's right. no patches available. It's a GameCube game. So GameCube in order game. for the game to survive and continue playing, mm-hmm. like the meta does update. Yes. People find new strategies, even all these years later. Yeah. And I don't know how old Wobbling is. You can maybe describe Wobbling it. Wobbling is quite old. When I when I was when I first started playing melee and like tried to actually get good at it, I, yeah. I played the ice climbers a lot and I learned what wobbling was at right. that point. That what was is like wobbling? Ten years ago, right? Wobbling is so is, is ice climbers specifically. Um, ice climbers are two characters. Uh, you play as two characters and both of them can grab their opponent. So basically, wobbling is just grabbing your opponent over and over and over again so they can't escape. And then you get them to a super high percent and then you 
defeat, kill him right away. Um, that's what it is. Okay. Right. It, it locks you in a grab. <laughs> yeah. And it's apparently very, once you've got, it's hard to do, mm. but once you've got them, it's very easy to main, to hold on to the infinite combo. Yep. Um, I saw a clip in this uh, article that I read about it. There was posted a clip of somebody doing it while solving a Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Just to show how easy it is to, yeah, once, once, once you've got it. it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, these, uh, apparently it's been, it's been legal because only one character can do it. Mm. It's not super easy to do. Yeah. But the heart of it, and maybe Steven, you can speak to this, is um, in terms of a technique, it does not ruin the game. It doesn't yeah. make Ice Climbers too powerful, right. but it's boring. Mm-hmm. And that's the concern, is that uh, melee, in order to survive going forward now that ultimate is out yeah. and eating its lunch, uh, <laughs> finally, yeah. um, in order to survive as a con- as a going concern in tournaments, mm-hmm. even as a sideshow, it needs to be fun to watch. Yeah. And so the the concern a lot of people have is like, well, we can't, we have to ban this technique because it makes it it kind of ruins matches. It makes the opponent kind of sigh, and it's like it feels like bad sportsmanship, mm. and and like it's boring. And uh, and so yeah, I don't know. And there's a lot of there's debate about this. So a bunch of these tournaments in Tennessee, uh, there's like a little consortium of different cities that run tournaments. They mm-hmm. have like a little uh, uh, council. Uh, they have robes, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh, they voted uh, in favor of banning it, but the ones, the, the representatives who voted not to ban it were allowed to keep doing it, oh. even though they have like, they, they're all supposed to share rules huh. um, because it's so fraught and controversial, apparently. Yeah. And I found this whole thing hilarious. <laughs> but Stephen, why don't you, you want to talk to this idea of like a fighting game, like the mechanical balance versus like how much it is, how good is a spectator sport? Well, I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, I think that like in a lot of, in a lot of fighting games, they people will ban things if they if that like option is so unbalanced that like it 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 warps how it warps the meta to the point where like that is the only option you can pick. Yeah. That's not the case here because the ice climbers are still not OP because of that. Yeah, um, you can play and in fact, uh, Genesis Six just released, which is a huge uh, fighting game thing, and uh, the tournament, the tournament. Yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, and uh, I actually watched the melee ones, the singles, and there were no ice climbers. It was pretty diverse cast. There was mm-hmm. like. Seven different characters. Yeah, um, I think even though when they were releasing the results of this vote, that the Tennessee, uh, I don't know whoever the grand champion uh, leader yeah. guy or whatever, the grand dagus, uh-huh. yeah, something <laughs> uh, was like was saying like we don't really have a lot of ice climbers players here in Tennessee, yeah. <laughs> but we still wanted to vote on. It's like all right, okay. Um, I it, it's funny because there there actually are a lot of debates on specifically in Smash. I like I read a lot of the Smash Ultimate things. And people talk about how like boring certain characters are. Like uh, in Smash Four, Bayonetta was all over the place because like she could combo people up until they killed her right away mm-hmm. or killed people right away. And people hated that kind of gameplay because it uh, was boring to watch. Yeah. Um. But like it won it won tournaments a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um. So people wanted to keep doing that. And there were a lot of discussions on banning Bayonetta because people thought that like Bayonetta was too powerful. And a lot of people started playing Bayonetta. Yeah. But I don't. I think at the end of the day at at least in the Smash Four meta, uh, I don't think she ended up being too great. Um, that it like yeah. mean, was an actual problem, but just people keep talking about that. And like with the evolution of streams being so important to like the longevity of video, uh, fighting games, um, it's important that like the game is this flashy, is very flashy, so people like you know get hype whenever something cool happens. Yeah. Um, and melee is it's a really old game now, and it's it's it just isn't as hype as it used to be. Sure. Uh, and and I think like the audiences have changed to the point where like they just they want exciting, fast movement and flashy attacks, mm-hmm. and not like people getting grabbed for thirty seconds and then getting kicked. So what do you think about? It? I mean, you don't you don't like melee that much. You don't watch don't, it a ton. I don't like the band personally because I feel like 
the game it, like it should just be about the competition and i i kind of don't like that like we're progressing to a point where like streaming is the uh, how flashy something is is more important than like the actual gameplay that is happening yeah because like um isn't it just like a community patch ultimately though it is kind of a it is yeah i mean it's effectively a community patch but like the patch isn't at least the way you're describing it, the patch doesn't seem like it's in service of making the game better. It's making it more entertaining to watch. Okay. Which okay. I do not like. Right. I think that you should patch it to make the Steven game better. Steven does not like things that are entertaining to watch. Yes, exactly. <laughs> boring, please. Give me more golf and soccer. <laughs> <laughs> not really, don't though. <laughs> golf can be actually surprisingly fascinating. Yeah. Disagree. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is... Sorry, this is off topic, but there was this one time because my dad watches a lot of golf at like family gatherings and stuff. And so I was watching some with him and there was like this moment where this one guy was trying to hit it into the like the hole like you usually are. But he's like in he accidentally had hit it like way into this like patch of trees oh. and he had one shot to get it into the thing to yeah. beat the other guy yeah. and he totally got it. Hey. It was so great and so much tension. <laughs> That's so anyway. rare for golf. Though. I know. So <laughs> I that, caught it just the right time. And the fact that it happened one time makes it all that much more special. <laughs> so maybe yeah. that's when people watch golf. They're just, they're like, I know I have to sit through years of boring nonsense <laughs> of like old dudes in khakis just for that one moment, that mythical moment that might come. <laughs> and you just got to waltz in and see it. Yeah. <laughs> so you think golf is just that interesting. <laughs> that was pretty great. <laughs> um, Ad Hoc? The new studio? Yeah, apparently there's a new studio called Ad Hoc, which is by a bunch of some former Telltale folks. Mm-hmm. And they're going to make basically Telltale games, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, that's cool. Story narrative games. So yeah. I'm excited for that. I just want someone to make a sequel to Tales of the Borderlands. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> just, Please. Just Borderlands. That's <laughs> we can make whatever else. Yeah. <laughs> Borderlands. Yeah, cool. Um, and then also the Captain Marvel website came out, and it's amazing. Yeah, it's not really game news, but it's like tech news that's sort of games adjacent, and I really liked it. So, it's amazing. Yeah, it was just uh, by our calendar just yesterday, the day before, uh, Captain Marvel, this Marvel movie that's coming out, put out its official website, yes. and it's just basically a 90s GIF fest Yes. Uh, and because it's 90s, it is correct to say GIF. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, just like... Made, Flashing things. Yeah, and, and it just looks like it was made in 1995. It's so great. And it looks exactly like the websites I made in that time. Yeah. It's so genuine. Yeah. So it was definitely made by people exactly my age, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like uh, the, the, one of the designers uh, uh, on Twitter said, yeah, we made this in front page. Which is oh. a, which is an old WYSIWYG uh, web thing that I uh, that's a, amazing a, a web page builder that I used yeah. in that time and you it's amazing like you know it's a, they have like a proper video embed and like you know it's, and it does um, scale the mobile yeah, pretty well yeah. so right. um, but in a way that is feels genuine to like resizing a browser in the old days yeah too. so wow. uh, in the fact that they basically don't use any. Um, like everything just shrinks when you shrink it. Like it, it's not. Oh wow, know? that's brilliant. Yeah, so it's pretty good. Um, there's also like a little. There's a bunch of secret little Easter eggs on it, which is fun uh, if you dig around. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Check it out. So yeah. I'm, it's on Twitter. It's just Captain Marvel website, and I'm sure a lot of people have written about it um, because the nostalgia factor is, is pretty pretty high. Yes, it's got <laughs> all the fonts, yeah. all the fonts, and all the colors. Yeah, yeah, and all the crazy backgrounds, <laughs> and it's it's pretty good. Flashing yeah. text. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I mean, for people who aren't following this movie, it's set in the 90s. So like, right. that's the that's the shtick there. Yeah. Um, it was pretty good. And then there's like a fake guest book 
uh, in the old days, you didn't have comments; you had guest books, mm. and it just has a bunch of comments about like you know, about, oh, this movie's gonna be great, and like oh, this internet thing is a fad, and like, <laughs> and then you, you, there's a button that says log in, and I'm like, I want to leave a comment, and you yeah. click it, and it's like, oh, a guest book is full, <laughs> which is a thing that could happen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> you did it. You did it right there. Yeah, that's good. Good job, powerful. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's it for news. Literally nothing else happened at all. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like as we're talking, there's like all these other things like, oh, we should talk about that. Yeah. But like we didn't prepare our very little notes on these things. But like we talked about a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to do more of these types of episodes. Right, guys? Yeah. Yeah. Let us know what you think at nicegames.club slash feedback. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. You can send us an email, contact at nicegames.club. Let us know, like, uh, are we spending too much time on some of these things? Or should we focus on maybe a few pieces of news and not, like, a big grab bang? Like, yeah. We just kind of uh, tumbled into this format. We like it, mm-hmm. um, sound like. Um, so, yeah, let us know what you think. Yeah. All right, that's our show. If you haven't already, subscribe to Nice Games Club in your favorite podcast app. And be sure to give it a good review if you liked it or are nice like us. We need those reviews, folks. So wherever you get your podcasts, uh, tell them we're great. Uh, uh, so leave that review and tell all your friends too. You're uh, great too, audience. You're yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah. So <if laughs> thank you, you, thank you for listening. If you have anywhere that we can leave a five star review, please, in your five star review, let us know. <laughs> yes. We don't see the four star reviews, unfortunately. No, it's just, we only see the five star ones. It's a bug in our system. Yeah. So. <laughs> We want to hear directly from you, of course. So follow us on Twitter and all the other things at Nice Games Club. And as I said before, you can email us, uh, contact at Nice Games Club, or check us out on the feedback form. That again is nicegames.club slash feedback. All right. Lastly, you can find out more about the show and your nice host, as well as get all the links and notes from this and other episodes at nicegames.club. And so until we start again, remember to play nice and make nice. It's like it's a game where is it originally out on mobile? Or uh, I think it was PC. Okay. I'm gonna be wrong. Well, look that up yourselves, folks. Um I'm <laughs> <laughs> not gonna do everything for you. <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.